Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyver, to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management. And me, Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. So if you're confused about social media or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on Let's Get Social. Hello, Weimer. How has the week been? It was the week that was, as yeah. I say. Um, I believe that was a TV show. It was. Oh, Showing the okay. age now, Weimer. Showing the age. My mother told me about it. Anyway, <laughs> um, I said, no, it was a good, good, good. Um, uh, well, as I say, um, I was quite proactive. You know me, I'm a bit of a last minute.com kind of girl when it comes to shopping. But yeah. I have myself covered. Easter is on the horizon. And I yep. have been in touch with the Easter bunny. And I'm well covered now for the Easter eggs. So they're all sorted. You know, you know, it's really hard to get out to the supermarket, as you know, yeah. get all those essentials. Do you have um, a favorite egg? Uh, it'd have to be Cadbury's. Actually, talk mm. of Cadbury's. Cadbury's is know. great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you hear that they have a worldwide hide? Um, wow. Yeah. If you go Tell to us about it, yeah. yeah, worldwide hide, dot Cadbury. I keep seeing the ads on telly, so I had to go and find out. Right. So it's basically you, it's a virtual Easter egg hiding experience where you can hide an Easter egg anywhere in the world for that special someone. Ah. Why are you looking at me? (laughs) (laughs) Now, you can either buy, right, one of the four eggs that they have. Now, unfortunately, it's just Ireland delivery only. Right. Or, you know, so basically, I think what it works is you you go and hide the egg on Google Maps Street View and then right. you give out a personalized clue with that someone special, Philip, to help right. them find their hidden Easter egg. And then if they think if, if they find the Easter egg, then, you know, uh, I think you pay 18 euros and then they get the egg delivered to them. So. Right. So I hope uh, it's a really big egg go. for 18 euros. Like no one of those dinky pocket size ones. Probably all the packaging. <laughs> yeah. But there you go. As they say, um, that's a cool idea though. It's yeah. um, it's a, it's a nice way to sort of bring a virtual kind of experience um around. Yeah, because you can't really go to like I used to bring the kids all like you know when they were younger to all like you know go Easter egg hunting and all and that's like right. of course that you'd have loads of people. Unfortunately, you can't do that now. That's right, and. Mm. You know, we used to do kind of hide little mini Easter eggs around the house, but I just don't trust the dogs. Oh, two dogs yeah. and their noses, yeah. literally, you could be opening up a piece of chocolate or a, a biscuit and there's no sound. And suddenly the two of them are by your side <gasps> and you're kind of, well, how did that happen? You know, it's a bit like my teenagers when I open my wallet. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, my kids know that when I open my wallet, it just moths that come out. So it's okay. Hey. Yeah, we noticed that when you go to the bar. But anyway, that's another story. Well, I've met at the bar for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Probably why. So, but you know, since you're in a, an Easter sort of mood, I do have something to sweeten it up for you, Emer. And oh, okay. I do have a special joke to prepare that I prepared. Oh, I thought you were going to say listeners. you had an Easter egg for me. Well, it's an Easter joke, which is going to oh. cra- crack you up. Oh. Yeah, that's not the joke, by the way. Um, okay. Okay. All right, Emer. How does, and this is, I thought this was kind of good because I always see like my hair, as our listeners know. Mm-hmm. How does the Easter bunny keep his fur looking so good? I don't know. Hairspray. Oh. <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? I've heard of, heard of the, what is it? The, I'm the turtle. What is it? You know, the, the tur- turtle. What was it? The, You're the, the turtle. One? Turtle yeah, in the yeah. hair, isn't it? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a bit slow on that one. But anyway. Um, so all I can say, <laughs> I am really slow today. If you find today's 
This is supposed to be a social media joke. You know? No, it is more diversifying. You know, you know, we're keeping these teams. You're pivoting, are you? You're pivoting, aren't you? Yeah, I'm pivoting. Um, so again, if you find today's not non-social media joke anyway engaging, and would love more of them, I, I can hear a lot of quietness there. Uh, oh. You are in luck. You can catch Philip's previous jokes and indeed our other shows by hopping. Hopping, do you get that? Hopping. Yeah. And their yeah. hair today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> I'm leaving, okay? Um, on our podcast, which is the Let's Get Social show podcast on Podbeam, iTunes, Spotify, and the Dublin Psych FM website. So do go check them out. You have me lost for words yeah, yet I again. Think, I'm thinking about chocolate, I think, are you? Cadbury's. Yeah. yeah. I, I need some chocolate now. But anyway, before I go off and put on about two stone, um, <laughs> uh, we are joined today by a Mr. Andy Lambert. Um, hopefully he hasn't run away. But anyway, um, he is here with us today. He's the director of Content Cal, helping thousands of businesses, and I mean thousands, globally mm. to organize and share better marketing content. I wonder what does he think of your social media content? We'll, we'll find out be, in a minute. You'd be repurposing this piece of content, definitely. Yeah, he might be blocking you. I mean. <laughs> um, his background, oh, he liked that. Um, his background is in business development, sales, marketing. My God, what does this guy not do? Uh, working for companies such as Intercal, Texture Europe and Workfront. Wow. And that's not all. Yeah. He has over 10 years experience creating markets, uh, building profitable businesses, holding inspiring leadership roles in the industry leading SaaS organizations. Now, before you ask Mr. T, SaaS, and it's not, not a SaaS or SaaS, any, any of your SaaS, SaaS yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's a method of software delivery. Because I was trying to figure out, what do they stand, what does the S-A-A-S stand for? Right. And it allows data to be accessed from any device with an internet connection. And a web browser. So to bring it down to your level, Mr. T, that means Google Apps, Salesforce, Dropbox, Mailchimp, Slack, HubSpot, the list goes on. Wow. So there you go. Well, I tell you, like I'm blown away and I've just realized, you know, what actually have I achieved compared to that particular list, you know, and the mm. list does go on because, mm. you know, Andy is one of the founding team of Content Cal, a social media marketing technology software that since launching in January 27. It has achieved award for the best newcomer in B2B marketing, expanded their user base into US, Europe and Asia, crowned content management tool of the year. And today, Content Cal is used by over 40,000 companies in over 140 countries and continues to grow at 100% year on year. So without further ado and lots of bowing, welcome Andy Lambert to the Let's Get Social show. Hello, hello. Lovely to be on. Uh, and uh, thank you for that. I'm not sure anyone's ever read out my LinkedIn bio <laughs> live um, and it makes me cringe. It really oh, does. No. I might actually think about rewriting it. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we no, tweaked it a little bit. We didn't put everything down. We didn't really want to give you, yeah. you know, um, we wouldn't get any talk. We'd be just still talking about you rather than talking with you. As I well, say. I'm off to get to get some, I suppose, counseling because I don't know <laughs> what in the name of God have I achieved? You know, uh, I tell some great jokes on the radio and that's about it, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it probably sounds much more impressive than it actually is. But uh, yeah, it's also, as I said, like having someone read out something you've written is like, <laughs> yeah. But thank, thank you for a lovely introduction. Um, ah, well, thank you for giving us the info, as I say. Um, I was going to say, before we start, um, we like to ask our guests, and Philip is always waiting with beta breath, what do they think of our social media comedian? Oh, I I love him. I love him already. <laughs> um, Fantastic. 
I, I am I am disappointed at it not being a social media joke because I, I, I came on here for this, <laughs> Philip. So I think I've been missold. Um, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, quick, quick, have you another one? Go on, yeah, go on. I, I, I go do. On. Uh, Tell me one of your favourite ones. Okay, what do, you, what do content marketers use to wrap presents? I don't know. What What is it? White papers. <laughs> there you go. Put it the bag. So, uh, there you go. Love it. That's good. So, yeah, in answer to your question, Ema, uh, I love him already. Oh, there you go. Okay. All right. Well, I used to like you, Andy, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Well, Andy, you've gone right up in my estimation with that, uh, that feedback. Um, but today we want to learn about you and obviously your thoughts on content marketing. But, you know, you've achieved so much. I know you found it cringeworthy, but it is a credit mm. to you. You've done so much um, in such a quick time. You know, give our listeners, because our listeners are businesses, entrepreneurs, etc. you know, a little insight into your journey as to, you know, how you've kind of found this path that you're on, etc. Yeah, I'll give a kind of abridged version, and it's it's worthwhile saying. Whilst Content Cal has been, been and continues to be a, a good success, it's not a, as a result of just me. That's yeah, of course, important mm-hmm. yeah, thing to absolutely. make. So, um, as essentially the the kind of abridged version is background in in sales, uh, and like most kind of salespeople, end up getting to a, a part in their life where they think, hmm, maybe I could do this whole business thing for myself. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't quite have the the guts or the nerve or the requisite bank balance to go ahead and do it myself then um i decided to to join an organization that wanted to launch in the uk it was a us organization and i thought well it's a safer bet i could take a salary whilst seeing if i do have what it takes to to do and that seemed to go quite well and i met um someone who would become my mentor um his name's colin smith and Anyone trying to kind of get on a path of entrepreneurship or uh, business growth, et cetera, I'd so recommend like having an advocate for you, someone that you can learn from, someone that you know tells tells you how it is. Um, and it's and it's so important when that person isn't inside your immediate family as well, because you know, you get, you know, unfiltered feedback. And it's yeah, Colin's been transformative to my career. Anyway, so roll the clock forward. Um uh, the business I had joined from, like I said, that the US organization that I was setting up in Europe, it went quite well and ended up getting sold to Oracle. It was also a lesson in, in me making sure that if I ever get involved with starting something from scratch again, make sure I ask for, for more shares. Um, because, yeah, that was definitely a lesson because I didn't do anywhere near as well as I should have done like yeah. that. Um, anyway, live and learn. And then roll the clock forward. Uh, Colin, who I mentioned, he was a, a mentor of other entrepreneurs in something called the Accelerator Academy. I love these kind of initiatives because they mm. really help, um, mm. really help small aspiring businesses. So he was a mentor. Um, he told me about a business that he he really liked, and the the founder, the CEO of that business, he really liked the idea. Mm-hmm. He introduced me to this guy called Alex. Um, Alex was the uh, he had come up with the idea that for for something that would be would become content cal met alex and like whenever you're kind of building a business it's it's not actually about the idea itself or even the product because at that point i looked at what content cal was i was like hmm, not too sure about this but mm. i i believed in in alex so much that i was like you know what i think you know i think that's this is this is a good move and um and colin's a really good judge of character so i was, I, I went in 
Colin became our chairman, he put in some investment and that was the, the beginning of, of Content Cal. And, you know, from there, that then led us to kind of launching it to market in January of 2017. And from my my basement just outside of London, um, just kind of uh, bugging anyone who would listen to to test out Content Cal to try it. Um, and, you know, eventually, you know, momentum grows and Content Cal's now as you already said the numbers. So yep. over four years, it's kind of turned into what it has become. And um, yeah, and as a result, like I said, it's like, whilst it was initially like three of us mm-hmm. that that kind of got it to market, now there's there's nearly 50 employees now. So wow. yeah, it's, it is there. Uh, it's like, you know, it sounds very impressive my, um, on my LinkedIn. There is so many people have added so much value over, over this time that, you know, yeah. this stuff like that isn't possible just mm-hmm. by yourself. Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, uh, it's, it's not, you know, um, that's what people mm. kind of forget, you know, Patience, start a business yeah. and, yeah. oh, I want to, as Philip gets, oh, I want to go viral, you know, with, and you go, no, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, but nope. as you, you know, with Content Cal, and even even before that, like, you know, um, you know, when it comes to content, um, what advice do you give when it comes to using content marketing for businesses? Like, you know, is there a overnight kind of angle or is it drip feed you know some people out there may not even really understand the whole area of content marketing what would you advise so content marketing is all about long-term brand growth good quality content marketing does not happen overnight and when i say content marketing there's really two things i'm i'm referring to so social media is what i'd lump under content marketing and um like SEO. So your blogs, basically Mm -hmm. the blogs that you write, uh, that hopefully, um, should you, you know, have researched the kind of keywords that you'd like to, to appear on Google for it's those Mm -hmm. kind of blogs. So that kind of SEO, and that takes a long time to, Mm -hmm. to get that, get that going. And it requires a heap of effort, but it is worthwhile because content marketing, you know, if, if you break it down is it, the core of it is trying to build trust with an audience at scale, right? And mm-hmm. all businesses, all purchase decisions are typically governed by trust. Do you feel like you believe in what someone's talking about? So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to humanize a brand and write content for um, our target audience that will appeal to, to those audiences. And essentially, rather than writing it through the lens of us and our business, that's that's typical marketing, i.e., you know, buy us because mm-hmm. for XYZ reason. Content marketing is actually flipping that around and writing something for someone else ultimately. Because if you believe your target audience need to learn about, you know, whatever subject, that's what you need to write about. And the more you teach, the more you educate, the more you build trust, the more people talk about you. So in answer to your question, that's what content marketing's uh, about. It takes serious amount of time. Trust doesn't grow overnight. No. But a, a great way of like getting a fast start, however, and something that was transformative to our growth at Content Cal is working with others that already have trust. So um, as a way of kind of explaining what that actually means. So one of the first things we did at, at Content Cal, so I I was looking at our main competitors in the space. We work in quite a competitive space. And one mm-hmm. of our competitors is a company called Hootsuite, which most people know. Yeah. Um, and I remember looking at, I, I Googled the term Hootsuite reviews and the top ranking article wasn't actually Hootsuite at all. 
it was by this uh, chap called Ian Anderson Gray. So oh, we know Ian, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 There you go. So Ian and I are, are friends, and you know we made friends because of of this. So and we we become you know lifelong friends as a result of this. Anyway, so I saw this and immediately wrote to him. I was like your article ranks so incredibly well. I'm like, I'm looking for Hootsuite reviews, yet your article appears first. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'd love to just, you know, spend a bit of time with you because clearly you know what you're doing and you know what you're talking about with social media tools. Can I, you know, I'd love to meet you. So I ended up driving 200 miles to buy him a coffee wow. in um, uh, in Manchester just so that I could have a chat with him and get to know him um, and roll it forward a little bit. He ended up writing about Content Cal, writing a review of us because... I explained what we did, the mission we we're on, and um, he seemed to seemed to value that and seemed to to like uh, what we what we were building at Content Count and what we had built at that point. So he wrote a, a brilliant review, and immediately uh, that meant that we started to appear very high in search rankings. And he and he linked that review into that article mm-hmm. that he'd written about Hootsuite, which mm-hmm. meant all of a sudden we're driving a whole heap of traffic mm-hmm. and appealing to people that would have never have heard about us before. And I. I've recited this story numerous times. I've told Ian how important and meaningful that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's working with those because Ian already had trust in the space. As you know, you both yeah. have said ubiquitously, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we know Ian because yes. he's, a, yeah. he's a great guy and his reputation yeah. precedes him. So mm-hmm. if he says some good things about a product that he believes in, that means a huge amount. And that is a great way in which it's not a nice phrase, but it's like it's a way to engineer trust. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I wish there was a better way of articulating it, but ultimately what you're trying to do is help other people, you know, shortcut that trust thing rather than it taking, you know, yeah. lots of interaction. And that is a cool way of doing it. And so that's an example of like working with a blog or a review, mm. but you could apply it a similar. It's really what Ian was for us is an influencer, you know. Um, and the word influencer marketing gets really misconstrued because everyone thinks it, you know, it means like working with Kylie Jenner. Um, mm. So it's not that it's like working with other individuals that you respect in your space, i.e., you know, I'm on your podcast today because we met Ema, for example. Right. And, mm. you know, you meet people, you get to know people, you work on content together. Um, that means more people end up hearing about you. Mm. And really, that's that's the thing. And this is the final point. Sorry, I had to give long answers. Um, uh, <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing that so many people forget when it comes to content marketing. They, they're so busy obsessing over what they're going to put on their channels. Whereas the most important thing is what other people say about you. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That, but also, that's again, like, would you say, like, it's writing something that will interest your audience, you know, do your research. And then if there's somebody else in the sphere that you could align yourself with, then that actually gives it even more credence. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, you've basically cut through what I've taken 10 minutes to explain in two Ooh. points there. Anyway, so. We should have just asked you, Emer, you know, yeah, exactly. like, Andy, what are you doing here? You know? <laughs> yeah. See ya. It was a pleasure. He's here, yeah. <laughs> He's here to keep me confident. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's brilliant because I think a lot of people actually sometimes fear sometimes these big mm. terms, you know, content yeah. marketing. No, absolutely. Like I think because I, I actually I've read Ian's article myself when I was doing my own research you know, and it's uh, for tools because I love different tools and stuff, mm. you know. And yeah, like like definitely if it's something like an Ian Anderson Gray who's linking back to your article, you know, Google will love that as well because he's a mm. trusted site. You're getting that inbound link. So suddenly, well, this is obviously is trust and there's mutual trust there going between both of you. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's a win-win and, and, and perfect. Um, like from a content marketing perspective, Andy, 
particularly now, you know, because myself and Emer were, were always asked, there's always with business owners and entrepreneurs, sometimes a sense of overwhelm. There's so many different channels like TikToking, Reels, Twitter Spaces is popping, kind of coming down slowly. You know, f- from your perspective, you know, what types of content marketing do you see as being effective that businesses should test if they're not doing it already? Yeah, it's a, that's a million dollar question, really. Um, and it, it's really hard to give a succinct answer because I think one thing that I try and be really clear about when we talk about social media, and I will give, I will try and make this as practical as possible, but one, one thing um, I try and avoid is those things that people really want to hear, but they're mm. false, which is like, oh, it's all about Instagram or this is dead mm. or that's alive. All of that's nonsense. All of these platforms are alive and kicking and doing fabulously well. They have millions and millions of monthly active users. Mm. So like, yeah, I see nonsense of like, oh, don't do this on Instagram because it doesn't work. It's it's only because it didn't work for that individual. And so much is touted as fact when it's not. There's a huge amount of myth in social media. So I just want to kind of, sometimes that's very confusing because someone's told, you know, oh, you should post stories or no, you shouldn't. Or you should like ask mm-hmm. people to save a post, not, you know, not like it forget it all like just just test as much as you can um and don't feel that you absolutely have to be everywhere now there there is an intersection however because there's an intersection between what you have needs as a business a a business all have kind of communication needs so whether that's to build a community uh whether it is to drive sales or whatever so of course there's what you're doing on social needs to to map to to what you're trying to achieve as a business. That's an obvious statement. But it's also worthwhile thinking about where content marketing and social media are lump into this, where it plays as part of like a, a broader marketing funnel. And really, because some people get a bit confused, but content marketing is all about very much top of the funnel, driving awareness. So that's what I mean by top of the funnel. It means like the first, the thing that it needs to do isn't about driving sales. Don't treat social media like your email list. You know, these people haven't opted in to hear from you. Mm-hmm. What we're trying to do is trying to, as we said, build trust, right? So we're we're focusing on content that's built for an individual. So don't be salesy is probably the core message out of that. Yeah. And we're trying to go broad. With that then, so now we understand the purpose of content marketing, i.e. building trust at scale, getting more people to hear about us and just want to hear about us and take actions, whether it's, you know, signing up for a webinar or a podcast basically trying to get them to take some form of light action. No one's going to buy you off the back of seeing a social media post. It's very unlikely anyway. So we've got to go in that process of building trust. So now we we know that. Now we've got our kind of business objectives that we actually, you know, our business objective is to kind of build our brand on social. So that's fine. But then there's kind of like a Venn diagram overlap between like what your audience want to hear about. So that's where, you know, good kind of research comes into it, where we start to understand Uh, what our audience want to hear about and what kind of thing are we talking about? So for example, in a content cal um, perspective, we're talking about, you know, we spend our time talking about education of social media, right? So similar to to you, Ema, right? So we we talk about kind of similar things. How do people build a content marketing strategy? What are the things that people need to know? We do lots of detail around that. Because we do such detailed content, it lends itself to those channels we need to be on. So this is where I'm getting into answering the question now, because we do. And like our personal view is around kind of more kind of long form 
content because it requires a bit of detail. We, mm. we don't really see much value in just the things that are just engagement baiting. Because like on LinkedIn, for example, which is a core platform, mm-hmm. we know the content that will drive a whole heap load of likes. We, we can use memes. Basically, it's marketing memes that poke fun at people that don't understand content marketing. We put out, occasionally we do that. But it drives hundreds of likes, but it's not meaningful in any way, shape or form. So we don't do it that much um, or really even at all. Um, So where we do focus and it actually drives less likes, but it drives more interaction. So what we do focus on is starting kind of meaningful discussions about certain things. Mm -hmm. So that's why LinkedIn, because LinkedIn works really well about kind of longer form stuff works really well. That's also why we're experimenting with Clubhouse. That is also why uh, we have not ventured towards um, Instagram or TikTok currently, because it doesn't really lend itself to its long form stuff. Hmm. So that very much is driven, however, and this is the caveat to it, is that us personally, because predominantly I, I create quite a lot of the content for Content Cal still, because that's the way that I like to write and consume content, like long form on LinkedIn and like, you know, things like podcasts and Clubhouse fit really well with what I like. Mm-hmm. That then kind of goes into the third bit of the Venn diagram. So we've already got like our objectives, which we've spoken about. We've got like our strengths, you know, on social. Mm-hmm. So as you said, long form stuff. But there's the other overlap of that Venn diagram, which is about what your audience like to consume. Because our audience, you know, your audience and any business's audience is everywhere. Some people go, oh, my audience is not on TikTok or not on Snapchat. They really are. Your audience mm-hmm. are on every platform. And if actually, if you look at, I don't, obviously this is a podcast, so I can't show you some data, but the average person has 5.7 social media channels. So let's just call it six because you can't really have 0.7 of them. Um, So basically what that says is that your target audience are on any platform. So you can't really go wrong, um, really. So I would always recommend starting with something that you feel naturally strong with, which is for us, you know, that's why LinkedIn Clubhouse works well. But however, as we're kind of evolving our content strategy, we're then, you know, I, I've been too scared to go to really start doing stuff on TikTok or, or Reels or really do that much of stories because, mm. you know, it's not the type of content format that I feel comfortable with. And that is okay to kind of mm-hmm. kick that down the road for a little bit, right? Do the things that you're comfortable with right now, mm. but be cognizant that you are going to need to push yourself a little bit. So I'm going to give an example of, of TikTok. So whilst I'm not the kind of guy uh, to dance around and like create something that is like a 15 second funny yet educational video, that's quite a hard thing to do. And for me, that don't does worry not about actually. it. Neither am I. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about you, Philip? Um, TikToker? Do you know, uh, no, I kind of felt who wants to see this gray haired fella lepping around the place, you know, kind of, <laughs> this is how you do a tweet. Ba bam, 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 bam. Actually, no. there's one, actually, there's one. Sorry, I was going to say, Andy, there's a, a lady who's a, in social media sphere. She's, I think she's in America or Canada, and she is forever putting up on her Instagram her TikToks. And I'm going, everything she posts on Instagram is a TikTok and it's her point and all these bubbles and I'm going, I ended up unfollowing her because it was so boring because it was just like, mix it up, girl. Don't just have, mm. it was like really off-putting, you know, yeah. it was, I think very false. So like, there's no warmth to it. It's like, oh, look at me and I'm pointing at all these bubbles. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one. And 
there's it's it's very hard to try and not be too cynical with it because mm. um you know even at the old age of, of 35 I'm, I'm looking at this going i just don't get it and it's my job to get it right yeah yeah um so and i mean it's it's worthwhile that no one feels bad about that and like there's some mm. things that aren't you're not you're just not naturally comfortable with but what we're doing with something like tiktok and our approach for something like that is is finding and this is a more advanced kind of thing but it's finding other people that you can work with actually mm-hmm. it's no i'm going to correct that i don't think it's a more advanced thing it's just a another approach and it talks about the kind of collaboration thing that we were talking about with that ian anderson gray example mm-hmm. so um so I actually found someone through a recommendation on on TikTok that um, is a kind of social media educator and expert. And I, I was looking at her TikToks and I was like, like, I get it actually, because it was really nice kind of short, punchy things that were delivered mm-hmm. in quite a creative way. I'm like, mm. ah, that's how you do it. I couldn't copy it because I just can't, I just couldn't pull it off. But yeah. what we could do is that we could work with that individual and mm-hmm. find a way that you know, she's promoting something. She has a business. We have a business. There is definitely ways that we can work together. So I, I reached out to her on TikTok, just shot her a, um, a message. And then we we had a call to discuss like, what could we do? How could we work together? The same mm-hmm. kind of situation as Ian, because if if we can work together to get her to talk about content cal and the importance of content planning necessarily not really just not going to just go and talk about content cal but the the what we stand for which is the importance of planning content mm-hmm. so that's great that means actually we have an opportunity to for someone else to be creating uh, that content on tiktok and and then our tiktok account just becomes us resharing others content where they're talking about the importance of content planning so we don't actually need to have our own voice necessarily we can use the content that others have created and i think it's an it's an angle that not many people consider because they're like oh god i've got to kind of create something completely different for a different channel you don't necessarily need to if you can find some good people to work with Mm. Mm. so like uh, another business uh maybe it could be someone listening today and go oh we, we don't really know anyone but they could have staff that are happy to be on tiktok and could be uh, an advocate Definitely. for them. But then, you, as I say, nobody gets it right at the start. I mean, mm. you know, we all make mistakes. Um, don't we, Philip? Yep. Uh, Hinton. <laughs> um, not mentioning anything in particular that we make mistakes with, but anyway. Um, but what mistakes do you think businesses make with content marketing, say? You know, um, Andy, is it being inconsistent? Is it like not putting out the right content, what what would you say? Yeah, I mean, I would say predominantly it all links back to not understanding the value of it. So okay. fundamentally, the, the biggest mistake businesses make is that they're like, all oh, right, let's set up a TikTok. Let's get us going on Clubhouse and we'll watch the results. It mm. takes so much time and mm. so much of it you're not going to be able to track. Lots of people talk about words like attribution, which means, you know, tracking where uh, your site visits have come from and where your leads are coming from. All of that is near on impossible to come from from social. So you actually need to to take a leap of faith and businesses need to take a leap of faith into it. It takes time to grow and it's going to be very hard for you to track exactly uh, its success. You know, Mm -hmm. so that's that's it. There are ways of tracking success, um, which we maybe can come on to, to later on. But I think it's number one reason is that businesses stop investing in it or they just don't put enough effort in because like, oh, I'm not driving results out of it. It just takes time. Mm-hmm. And it, 
you know, everyone that's been successful on um, on social or in content marketing will probably have joined a podcast like this at any any point. And they go, what's the secret to success? And be like, just doing it. Everyone will say the same thing. It's like, mm. it just takes, if, if people can invest the time in it, it will return over time. So, it's, so number one, it's about businesses losing faith in it um, and just not committing to investment in it. Then that secondly goes into the next mistake, which is exactly as you said, Ema, which is about a lack of consistency, mm-hmm. um, which is linked to the first one anyway. If you're going to do it, decide you're going to do it. L- like any lesson in life, basically, do it properly or don't do it at all, really. is Okay, Philip, probably the thing. do the jokes properly or don't do them at all. <laughs> I, I think I, I do do them properly. The value, the research that goes into us and the teaming. So so what's the problem? And yeah, and you and you pulled one out of the bag on demand. So exactly. Uh, yeah, so we'll yeah. take that. Professional, Andy, you know. See that Emer? Pro. A professional. See what? see what? I can't see anything. <laughs> um yeah. Like something that you've alluded to there, Andy, um, in some of the great stuff that you've been talking about there is this whole element of I suppose the strategic element, content strategy, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose, would it be fair to say that obviously sometimes businesses fall into the trap of kind of going gung-ho onto channels without actually maybe putting in the planning and creating a strategy as to, okay, what are we going to talk about? Setting down the editorial calendar, uh, what content are we going to talk about and where do we want to go to? And build in that consistency element that that Emer rightly said um like from a, a content strategy part you, you know i suppose top line is there some kind of tips that you could give businesses to say listen from say the developing of a of a, of a simple plan just to get started yeah brilliant point so you're absolutely right this is that strategy and, and plan is is linked to consistency so yeah, all of these things are are linked, i.e. businesses committing to it and understanding it's going to take time. Lack of consistency is all built around this, this plan. So in order to build a strategy, um, I would say you're going to need to do uh, two things. I'm actually going to give you two tool recommendations at the same time. So firstly, let's just say uh, you sell or you're, you're a coffee shop and you want to create a content strategy that will appeal to coffee drinkers and coffee lovers. So the first thing I would do is go to a website called www.keywordstrategytool.com. So keywordstrategytool.com. It's entirely free. Uh, I'm not being paid mm-hmm. to say this either. It's just one I, I've used for years. Um, on something like Keyword Strategy Tool, you can search the word coffee and then across Google and YouTube, which are the two biggest search engines, you can see everything that your potential target audience are asking. And out of that, you can fish out all of the questions that people are asking, like, you know, how do I make the best coffee? Or, you know, is coffee bad for you? What should I do with, you know, are, are waste coffee beans good for plants? All of these things, there's, there's thousands of these questions. And Keyword Strategy Tool will tell you all of these questions that people are asking and also the, the, the search volume. So how often people are, are going to Google or YouTube and searching these things. Fundamentally, that right there, is what your target audience want to learn. And Mm -hmm. out of that, what you'll do is pull a whole bunch of themes. So themes are basically what I call like topics. So if you looked at all of this, you would be like, well, 
across all of these questions that people are asking around the word coffee, there's going to be things around it to like how to, like how to make iced coffee. And there's going to be things mm. of like health and wellness, like is coffee good for you or bad for you? Like, you know, mm-hmm. is it good with diabetes? I don't know. There'll yeah. be questions around sustainability, questions around recipes. Basically, you can create a bunch of themes. I would create possibly no more than five like themes and topics because mm-hmm. that then becomes like a frame, the topical framework for your editorial calendar, your content calendar. And ultimately, all of these, the questions that people are asking are all of your topic ideas, right? They're all of your content ideas. Like we need to do content on like how to make iced coffee or how to make the perfect iced coffee because that's mm. the thing that gets the biggest search. Mm. I mean, it's, none of this is rocket science. It's just, and the tools are available for us to look at. Um, so that would be the first thing First thing I would do because that as a, as a strategy gives you good insight into your customer, your potential customer, um, allows you to create content that you know is going to be relevant, not just for social, but also for, you know, more longer form blog content yeah. as well, because, mm. you know, they're the keywords that are being searched for. They're the things we want to appear, you know, and rank for. So, yeah, that all feeds in your topics, builds your content calendar um, with all of these ideas that you can take from keyword strategy tool. Mm-hmm. Um, that will give you everything you need. And the second thing I would do, I said there was two tools. The other one is one called mentionlytics.com. Bit of a clumsy name, but uh, yeah, mentionlytics. Mm-hmm. So with a tool like that, that's that's what you would term as social listening. And that then allows you to do some kind of um, quantitative research on social. So you could search the word coffee and see how many people are are writing about coffee on social. What mm-hmm. are the questions they're asking? It will give you example pieces of content on social so you can get an idea of like tonality so how do people write that kind of thing yeah so all of that will give you everything you need as to like i've got great insight my customer that means i can now start to create you know an editorial calendar that's planned around these themes and topics that's interesting because like you know um using a great topic like coffee everybody like has a point of view on coffee. Um, and then if you know, as you say, if you had a coffee shop and you knew the type of people that were coming in through the door and you do that bit of research, then you're going to actually know who to get that next blog out to and the kind of wording that they're using and their, the problem that they have and you're going to solve. And uh, yeah, I definitely read how to make uh, an iced coffee because I haven't a clue how to make an iced coffee. And that's something... You know, I was wondered about. I thought you just made a coffee and then just stick it in the fridge. I, I I've never had iced coffee, but I do love different roasts of coffee. You know, from medium and yeah. dark roast, and trying them all in different regions around the world. So, uh, so yeah. Now we're going to often go to find out how to make an iced coffee. Yeah, that's just exactly. <laughs> I t- I take it, Andy, um, with mentionlytics.com. Could I take it? Business could also use that to maybe find mentions of their company name. Would that be mm. fair? Yeah, ex- exactly, yeah. exactly that. So um, they could they could do that on Mentalytics. Uh, they could also do it on ContentCal, funnily enough. Um, ah, so so the, there you go. Um, there's a new feature alert. So, but yeah, that, and that's that's also really important because mm. just just investing like five minutes a day to see what people are saying about you mm-hmm. um, and responding to stuff. The amount of businesses that just don't respond oh, yeah. to things. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not such a missed opportunity. And uh, yeah, honestly, I, I was saying this to someone yesterday, actually. It's like we spend so long talking as like social media people, business owners mm-hmm. going like, 
oh, what should I, how should I get content out? And like, what should I say? And how do I, you know, hack the algorithm and all that nonsense? They don't think about, and not enough time is thought about, like, how do we respond to people? How, mm. you know, how do we manage our inbound inquiries? So if people start coming to us, which we want, you know, what's our plan for it? So, um, yeah, it always kind of makes me slightly. Yeah. So, like, so, you know, if you don't know what people are saying, like if you don't even go on Google at least and find out if there's been anything, um, I, th- I think it's, it's quite one-sided, you know, like you just want to keep going, but you don't want to know the good, the bad, or even the ugly. Um, and I'm like, I'm always saying about people like go reply to your reviews within 24 hours. Don't leave oh, yeah. it till six mm. months later, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Actually, we're still kind of on the vein of content marketing. Um, and going forward, do you see any uh, trends happening for 2021 or it's it sort of still the same with maybe because of COVID and all that kind of thing? Do you see anything coming down the train tracks? Uh, I do. I do. So there's two or three things I would say um, that I would think are trends and probably not things you need to do anything about right now but having some awareness of what's going to change so number one is probably an obvious one which is audio first social media so Mm -hmm. clubhouse twitter audio spaces as you've already alluded to for example Mm -hmm. uh, facebook and instagram will have their versions of uh, an audio element of their kind of spaces or rooms or whatever they call it they will have that this year Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Clubhouse has pushed everyone into thinking yeah. that, like that. Yeah. So audio first is going to be a thing. Whether who's going to win this, I don't know. But fundamentally, it's kind of like it's a really nice content angle. And I was talking about this yesterday in a Clubhouse room um, rather appropriately. Um, it's so good having that audio first thing, because obviously this is what we're doing in like a podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it. It's such a human personal interaction, hearing the voice of an individual. And if you think about Twitter's story in itself and how someone can use Twitter, audio has a really nice place to play. So let's just say like, Ema, I follow you on Twitter. So I can, I'd be like, right, well, I like Ema's content. I'm going to follow her so I can see, you know, um, what Ema's talking about. And now, because Twitter now have a stories option, so they call it fleets, which is yeah. quite frankly a terrible name, but you know, I know. It, is, it is what it, it is. is. It is, yeah. Um, so, but like, if I want to see a more kind of personal side of your business, Emma, I could I could look at your your fleets, and mm. you know, I feel like I can have a more personal connection now with audio. You could you could set up a you can't do this yet because it's going to be out for everyone next month. Twitter audio mm. spaces, but. Um, what you could then do is like for all of your followers that you've amassed on Twitter, you can be like, well, I'm doing an audio space tomorrow. Come, come join me. So yeah. now it feels like, you know, I've followed you because your content's interesting. I've looked at your stories because, and now I feel like I've got a personal connection because I know the name of your dog or whatever. I've seen the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And then I can be like, actually, because I feel like I've got connection with you. I can take that one step further and feel like, you know, this is obviously on the personal level, but it works on a business level that businesses can now have that deeper connection with individuals. And it's, it really feels like the next and most logical step. Um, Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I mean, like um, the great the great thing also I like about uh, the audio space like Clubhouse and, and Twitter spaces is you don't have to get dressed up. Nobody can see you. And uh, Philip knows that I'm running away from live video. Um, funny because we had Anderson, uh, Ian Anderson Gray on and uh, he was going, go on, Emer, when are you going to go live? And I'm going, mm, sometime soon. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm like you, you have to be comfortable with the content you're putting out. And, uh, you know, um, if you're comfortable with it then you're going to do your best and come out and you know sound your best no pun intended with audio um and uh as i say andy look you you have to try as you said test 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 and see what works yeah. indeed so yes yeah, so it's that personal connection i mm. i think is going to be really good and that will also shift people's perception of of numbers because you know, people used to think, oh, right, well, I only got like three likes on a post. And really, likes mean the square root of, of NAFL, right? So it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't actually matter. But if you can start to get people to, to join an audio space with you or a clubhouse room or whatever, then there is much more deeper connection. There is a longer lasting thing rather than someone reading a post or looking at an image and, and pressing like. For me, this is a really healthy and a nice, great evolution of, of social. Yeah, um, I'm quite optimistic at the moment, as it, as it sounds like. What will happen post some degree of return to normality? Don't know, because obviously it's quite zeitgeisty at the moment. Audio yeah. first social for reasons that mm-hmm. you've, you've already covered. Mm-hmm. But either way, audio first is a, is a first trend. Yeah. Second, second trend, which is kind of linked to this, and, and Twitter is kind of ahead of this, um, which is kind of the rise of the private community. Um, and what I mean by this is that you will have seen um, Twitter announce the fact that they're doing something called super follows, which allows people to uh, subscribe to get exclusive content from someone. So that then kind of takes this journey that we've been talking about. I'm, I'm using Twitter as an example, but the same mm-hmm. applies to other social channels where, you know, we've taken a relationship from a feed to a story to an audio space, but we can extend that to say like, oh, exclusive subscribers get access to, you know, X content or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you might have exclusive content that only goes to some subscribers. And it's those kind of more private communities we're seeing people push more towards. So yeah. an example of this, which isn't social media, but um, are you, you familiar with Patreon at all? Yeah, yes, yeah. I've actually saw quite a few, you know, people in the entertainment field. Mm. Um, I, I follow uh, uh, two ladies. They're called the Dirtbirds. They're very funny. <laughs> um, they've signed up to Patreon um, and it's it's a way of keeping them afloat in a sense. It's a paid platform. Yep, mm. that, that's that's exactly. And it's, it's a way in which that if, you know, as our kind of content evolves or what we offer evolves, because I know this is this has been a challenge for some people in the past about social, which is like, how much value do I share? Like if you're mm-hmm. a, an accountant, right? Do you want to share everything? Like, here's how to do your tax return. Here's how to do everything, right? <laughs> you, oh, you I'd do, watch that. Yeah, well, exactly. Like you, you do yourself out of some business, but actually, yeah. you know what? If you can start to monetize your content like that, then it becomes much more valuable, right? And that becomes a much more, that's an easy, much easier natural way for an accountant, kind of just using a random example I just mm. made up, to like monetize their content because their typical feed stuff might be about like, you know, beware of upcoming, you know, it's, the deadline is 5th of April or whatever, or beware yeah. of, you know, these changes. Mm. So that's useful and valuable content. That's stuff that they should put out to drive yeah. an audience. But then yeah. they take the audience to go, 
we're giving, you know, we're running a masterclass on how we're doing a live session and let's complete our tax returns together. You know, we're going to do this, but I'm doing this in my own subscription group on Patreon or, you know, you have to yeah. subscribe to something or whatever. Mm-hmm. That is that kind of the rise of that private community or like the rise of kind of subscription stuff is, um, yeah, we, we're going to see that increase. And then you have that feeling of trust mm. that you have that right person to be with and and to mm. kind of uh, have expert advice because there's so much noise out there, you know, um, yeah. and you can get a bit confused and uh, lose faith, you know. So I think it's a great um, opportunity for the the client and or you know your community uh, and for you as the expert accountant so to speak yeah exactly that and it's mm. that point of noise takes us into our third one which is 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 very much linked to this which is um kind of the rise of the the subscription and um and when i say subscription i'm not talking about um monetary in in this sense but mm-hmm. what i've started to notice is, is a bit of a, a bit of a trend um LinkedIn uh, released their newsletter option a month ago or something, which allows yeah. you, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like, you know how you obviously can create an article on on LinkedIn, so you're kind of long form stuff. But when you're yeah. clicking to create an article, you're going to see an option to create a newsletter, mm-hmm. which people can subscribe to. Annoyingly, I don't have this functionality yet. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested if you to log into your LinkedIn and see if you Let's actually have this out, option. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it should have rolled out to everyone. So I don't know, maybe I'm in the naughty corner or something. Like <laughs> um, anyway, but it allows, I saw someone else, I was on the receiving end of this. It was really powerful because, you know, I got a little kind of my notifications. Someone it said, oh, someone's asked you to subscribe to this newsletter. And I could look at this and it was really good content. So I subscribed to it. But it now means that that piece of content will be delivered to all of those individuals that subscribe to it. So the reason I'm calling this out, and it might seem like an obvious thing, but the real big challenge and limiting factor of social is that the content you put out is only ever going to be seen by a small proportion of your audience, right? Yeah. Mm, So taking a more of a subscriptions approach means your audience is actually smaller, but that's good. You know, we want smaller Mm -hmm. niche audience and reduce the noise. Um, But it means that your message will be delivered. It's just like an email, right? And Twitter, Twitter bought a um, a newsletter app called uh, Review recently, and they've just embedded that into Twitter on on the web. So um, if you're on Twitter, you're going to see a newsletters option on the left hand side. So yeah. you can start creating those newsletters, and people can subscribe to those. Super, super powerful. I mean, it's just an email newsletter, but it really does help you to take you know, you're just kind of social following because some people like conflate and confuse the fact that I've got a thousand followers with, oh, that's my community. Mm, yeah. Probably not. Like these are, there, there'll be a proportion within that that are your community, mm-hmm. but um, many of them will just be kind of casual people that have just clicked follow and forgotten about it and don't see your content. Yeah. So it's a great way of like building, building that sense of community. And it's actually the future is going to be more about privates more about either private subscription only paid subscription stuff or it's going to be about more like smaller groups of like you know subscribing to certain things uh, it's the right reason that facebook groups has grown so well and because of that same reason well andy it's hard to believe that we are nearly coming to the end of the show this has been a, a whistle stop on content and strategy etc oh yeah it's been yeah. brilliant um so thank you i suppose you know we would be doing you a disservice if we didn't ask you just to tell us tell our listeners exactly you know what is content cal and why should our listeners maybe consider it for their business 
Yeah, so we, we've we've covered it today, which is you know one of the the biggest challenges people face when it comes to doing content marketing well is you don't have a plan, I don't have a strategy, which means you can't create consistency, and we all know that consistency is key to creating good content. So. Mm-hmm. Content Cal, uh, as the name might suggest, is a calendar for your content, would you believe, um, mm. which allows you to, to organize your content across multiple channels, not just social, but includes you know, your blogs, newsletters, etc. So it is a single source of truth when it comes to what's happening with content across your business. So not only can you get really nicely organized, it will publish that content for you. So, you know, saving you a huge amount of time to, and meaning that your message can go further through automatic mm-hmm. publishing. You can analyze the results to understand what's worked and what didn't. And also, uh, like we touched on earlier, be able to manage your community too. So who's responding to what, uh, your mentions, comments, DMs across all social coming into one platform. So yeah, right. single place to feel really, really organized. That sounds super. That's the. Uh, Does it include social media jokes? Uh, and We need to add that feature, actually. It's going to be oh, added okay. now after this conversation. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy, listen, this has been incredible. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your infinite wisdom with us and the, the audience. It's been brilliant. Will you come back, Andy? <laughs> uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I need a series of jokes next time, though. Okay, um, you're no, on. You can't not, come back unless you have a joke. There you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll have one too. So I'll have to, I'll research that one for next time. So we, we can have a bit of a joke off. And I think, Perfect. Um, yeah, Emo, you're not excluded from that either. Right, you're on. We'll, we'll yeah. see, right? Game on, as they say. You know. There we go. So, Mr. Twyford. Andy, uh, thank you again. I suppose very quickly before we round up, where's the best place for people to go and find out about? Is it contentcal.com? Uh, yeah. uh, contentcal.io. And then right. you can just, uh, I'm most active on LinkedIn as well. If you just want to connect and chat, um, just search Andy Lambert on LinkedIn. Brilliant. Well, Andy, it's great to have you. And I suppose all I have to say now is if you enjoyed today's show, you can catch it again and the other shows on the Let's Get Social Show podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and of course, on the Dublin South FM website. So please do download, subscribe, so you won't miss an episode. And all that's left to say is I've been Philip Twyford, the Curly Marketer. And I've been Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. And we'll see you again soon for more Let's Get Social. See you then. Bye. Bye.